Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I am so grateful that you were with me this week. So today, I'm going to start by asking you some questions. I want you to think about these questions and how much you can relate to them. So there are three of them. Number one, how often do you think about your past, about things that have happened in the past? Number two, when you are trying to make a decision, do you ever think about the way a similar situation in your past turned out and then base your decision on that? And number three, do you ever experience regret, shame, or feelings of unforgiveness about a circumstance that has happened in your past. Okay, the reason I ask those questions is that this week we are going to talk about your past and how often it can rob you of living in the present moment. I'm going to help you determine if you spend too much time spinning in the past, and then I'm going to give you some actions that you can take to make sure that you are living in the present moment, that you are living in the here and now. In Isaiah 43, we read, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In this verse, God is encouraging you and I to let go of the past and to embrace the new things He is doing in each of our lives. He promises to bring about positive changes and opportunities even in the face of challenging circumstances. Now, I want you to know it is completely normal to think about things that have happened in the past. It doesn't mean anything is wrong when you think about them. But when you dwell on the past, it can prevent you from living in the present moment. In fact, it can rob you of the present moment. Dwelling in the past can cause you to miss the blessings and the amazing things that are happening around you in your daily life. So how do you know if you are living in the past instead of the present? Here are some reasons that you might recognize in your life which could mean that you are living more in the past than in the present. The first is dwelling on past mistakes or maybe missed opportunities. And you do this by replaying them over and over in your mind. 
Maybe you think about a certain situation, wishing that you had made a different choice or taken a different action. Replaying that situation over and over prevents you from letting go of past decisions or actions. It may create feelings of regret in your life. If you have ever felt the feeling of regret, which I think we all have at some point or another, you know that regret can eat away at you. Regret is one of those feelings that you feel in the core of who you are. Here are some common situations that create regret, but they also, in that regret, keep you focusing on the past. First, not pursuing a dream or passion that you have in your heart. You may regret not taking risk or following your passions because you felt fear or pressure from society or your family, and or quite possibly because you were filled with self-doubt. You didn't believe that you could actually accomplish what it was you wanted. The second is missed opportunities. Regret can arise from not seizing opportunities for your personal growth or professional growth, such as turning down a job offer, not traveling when you had a chance, or not embracing some opportunity that could help you move forward. Because again, you may have been filled with fear or self-doubt. A big one that you might dwell on is a broken or neglected relationship. This is one I see a lot as I'm coaching Catholic moms in the middle. I talk with a lot of women who regret not investing enough time and effort into their marriage or focusing more on their career when their kids were little instead of spending time with them. So whether it's your marriage, whether it's a relationship with a family member or friends, those can cause regret when you look back and wish you had done things differently. You know, it always seems like when the relationship ends that those feelings of regret of wanting to do something different tend to surface. And it could be because of a death. It could be someone moving away or a relationship being broken for good. And you look back and wish that you had done things differently. The next thing that can cause regret is unhealthy lifestyle choices. Regret can come from neglecting your physical and mental health. It can also come from neglecting your spiritual health or not focusing on growing closer to Christ and nurturing your soul. Now, your physical health could be you could have regret from not exercising, for engaging in harmful habits, or maybe not seeking help when needed when we're talking about mental health. I'm going to be really honest with you here. This last one is one that I often struggle with regret in my life. Thinking about taking care of my body or looking back at how I have neglected exercise or eaten off my food plan, this is where I tend to beat myself up for past mistakes and failures. This often leads to feelings of regret, shame, and sometimes hopelessness that things could even change. Again, I see this one a lot with my Catholic moms in the middle when they have focused so much in their past 
of taking care of others, of putting others before them, that they often take the back seat and they look back and regret not getting healthy, not losing the weight, not exercising. And in this situation, it's easy to hold on to that regret and to believe that whatever happened in the past is going to dictate the future. When you want a change that seems impossible, you might regret not making the change sooner or beat yourself up because you don't think that it can happen in the present. It's easy to think that what has been will always be, which definitely creates the feelings of regret. Luckily, though, through life coaching, I have been able to catch myself as these thoughts come up. Now, again, in all honesty, these thoughts still come up. It's completely normal. But when they come up now, I remind myself that, of course, I feel regret or, of course, I feel discouraged because I'm not where I want to be on my health journey. But the biggest reminder that I give myself is that I have a decision to make. I can sit and think about the past and feel all yucky, feeling regret and shame, thinking about all of the mistakes that I've made in the past around my health, or I can decide to take a step in the right direction. I can decide to take a step in the present moment, which allows me to live in the present moment. It allows me to live in the present moment with the future in mind, with that goal or whatever it is I'm trying to achieve. Here's the funny thing is that both of these choices don't always feel good. Living in the present moment doesn't always feel good, but sitting and feeling sorry about where I am in my health doesn't feel good either. Feeling all of that regret about past mistakes and failures doesn't feel good, but it often doesn't feel good in the present moment to pass up on the dessert or to stop eating when I'm full, even though what is on my plate is delicious. If I'm going to do something that doesn't feel great, doesn't it make sense to pick the one that allows you to live in the present moment, that brings freedom, joy, and the one that's going to move me towards my goal? All right, another sign that you may live in the past is that you are always thinking about the good old days. You may be what is called a nostalgia seeker. It is someone who idealizes the past and believes that things were better back then. Maybe they romanticize previous eras and continuously compare the present to their idealized version of the past. They may resist or reject modern advancements, cultural changes, family changes, and social progress. Now, I want you to know this is very different from reminiscing about the past. Each of us has memories of past events in our lives. You may encounter something that triggers a memory like a certain smell, hearing a song on the radio, a conversation, or visiting your hometown or area from the past. I'm a native Nashvillian, and if you're a native Nashvillian, you know that makes us unicorns. There aren't many of us left. Growing up in Nashville and having a family who's been here for many generations, 
it is easy to see how much our city has changed. I think it's safe to say that almost all areas in and around Nashville have grown tremendously. But one area that I'm always reminded of this change is the West End Vanderbilt area. My grandmother lived near the Vanderbilt Stadium. My father grew up there. And then I attended Father Ryan High School when it was on Elliston Place. So I spent a lot of time in the Vanderbilt, West End, Elliston Place area growing up. Now, when I go over there for doctor's appointments or other reasons, I barely recognize it because most of all of the buildings are new. Each year around Christmas, one of our family's traditions is to go to Jimmy Kelly's for dinner. Now, Jimmy Kelly's is on Louise Avenue, which is a few blocks off of West End and really close to where the old Father Ryan High School was. The annual dinner always includes driving around the area so my dad can reminisce about his childhood days growing up in that neighborhood. He loves to point out where friends and family lived, the park where he played football as a kid, where he rode his bike, and other fond memories. He talks about the good old days and all of the escapades that he and his friends got into. But the past few years, as we've made our annual drive to the steakhouse, we've noticed how much the area has changed. Buildings have been demolished and newer and bigger buildings have been built. Houses have been torn down and bigger houses built. The area looks much different than it did in my dad's childhood. In fact, it looks much different than when I went to high school in the area. But the one thing that remains are the memories. It is a fun evening for my dad to recall the past, to reminisce about the past, and for him to tell stories. But the difference between being a nostalgia seeker and simply reflecting on the past with fond memories is that nostalgia seekers tend to stay stuck in their past. They bring the past to the present moment. They aren't able to allow change or progress. They often reject change or progress, which in turn doesn't allow them to change or grow because they are holding tight on to what was, to how they think things should be. They are letting the past rob them of the present moment. Another behavior that is living in the past is holding a grudge. Okay, friends, let's be honest. I'm sure each of us has held a grudge in the past. Holding onto a grudge means that you were reliving the past over and over again in your mind. You were thinking about that past conflict and the perceived wrongs. When you hold a grudge, you often maintain this deep feeling of resentment towards someone or a situation that you believe has wronged you. You might even replay that offense over and over in your mind, dwelling on all of the negative aspects, which causes you to keep feeling the negative feeling. And the result is that you constantly feel anger or resentment towards that person or situation. Now, Holding a grudge can also be a way of maintaining a sense of justice or seeking validation for your hurt feelings. Here's the truth. Holding a grudge can prevent personal growth 
and it can hinder your ability to move forward in life because it keeps you anchored to the past and prevents forgiveness and reconciliation. Letting go of a grudge involves consciously choosing to release the negative emotions and resentment that occurred with that situation in the past. Oftentimes, it requires forgiveness. Forgiveness towards the other person, but often forgiveness to yourself. Letting go of a grudge, you can free yourself from the burden of negative emotions and you open yourself up to the healing and reconciliation that allows personal growth and healthier relationships. All right, here are three signs you might be holding onto a grudge in your life, which in turn will keep you living in the past. Number one, you might feel hurt or betrayed. When you feel deeply hurt, betrayed, or wronged by another person's actions, you may hold a grudge as a way to protect yourself or to maintain a sense of justice. Number two, a perceived lack of apology or remorse. If the person who caused the offense does not apologize or show remorse, it can fuel the grudge. You may feel that the offender has not taken responsibility for their actions or shown genuine remorse, making it difficult for you to forgive and to let go of negative emotions. Finally, Number three, a fear of vulnerability. Letting go of a grudge can sometimes require vulnerability and a willingness to forgive. You might struggle with the fear of being hurt again or being seen as weak if you let go of your anger and resentment. Friends, it's important to note that while holding a grudge can provide a temporary sense of validation, It often comes at the expense of your personal well-being and creating healthy relationships. Letting go of a grudge and practicing forgiveness can be a transformative process that promotes healing, growth, and it restores your well-being. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Okay, so how do you go from living in the past to embracing the present moment? Let's look at some examples from the Bible that will equip and encourage you to let go of the past, to stop worrying about the future, and to embrace the present moment so that you can live with joy and peace in your daily life. All right, in Psalm 11, we read, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This verse reminds us to embrace each day as a gift from God and to find joy and gratitude in the present moment. By cultivating gratitude and embracing the present, you can experience a deeper sense of joy in your life. Expressing gratitude for the blessings and the experiences of the present moment helps shift the focus from dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. When you find yourself dwelling on the past, simply pause and ask yourself, what is one thing I am grateful for right now? 
Answering this question will help you to focus on the present moment. It will take you out of the past or out of the future's worries and allow you to focus on the present. It is okay if you have to do this several times a day. With practice, you will find it easier to redirect your thoughts to the present moment. All right, in Matthew, Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus encourages his followers to trust in God's provision and to focus on the present rather than being consumed by worries about the future or regrets from the past. This is a reminder to trust in God, to trust that God will provide for you, and to also allow God to guide your steps. Trusting God and surrendering to Him will help you to focus on the present moment instead of your past or your future. By relinquishing your anxieties, you can find peace and live more fully in the here and now. All right, finally, in Philippians 3, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In this verse, Paul says, by letting go of past mistakes or achievements, you can fully embrace the present and pursue the purposes God has set before you. This means forgiving yourself for the times in the past that you have made mistakes, for decisions that you regret, or holding grudges when others have hurt you. At times, forgiveness can seem impossible, and it might take time, but letting go of those grudges by forgiving is a step towards healing. We have many beautiful gifts in our church that bring about healing, and one of them is the sacrament of reconciliation. If you find yourself full of regret, resentment, or holding on to grudges for past mistakes, going to confession will bring healing to your soul and allow you to let go of the past, to stop worrying about the future, and to seek God's blessing in the present moment. This will help you to grow and move forward in your faith journey. Okay, so the three ways to let go of the past and embrace the present is through gratitude, forgiveness, and trust in God. All right, friends, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you that each day is a new day. It's a new day that we can let go of past mistakes. We can let go of grudges. We can let go of regrets. You give us a new day so that we can move forward, that we can live in the present moment. We ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can give us the wisdom, the knowledge, and the freedom to make today count, to move forward in a way that gives you glory and in a way that lets us be a light in the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 
All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com. 